Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome to Notes from the North. Uh, Kyle and Sam here. We are post-draft, post-NHL first round, except for New Jersey Rangers. Uh, I would love to talk about the Leafs first, but I, you know what? People are here to talk about the Vikings. Um, but I'll say this, the Leafs have won their first round in, in a very long time. And so I am coming into our Monday morning quite optimistic. And I know that's what mm-hmm. we try to do here. Um, again, we're going to talk about the draft here. I'm kind of interested to feel and, and hear a little bit from Kyle about how he's feeling. We've talked a little bit about the draft kind of back and forth by messages, but I'm not exactly sure how uh, how he's feeling and how Vikings fans are feeling uh, in general. Maybe let's start with that, Kyle. Just from a general standpoint, how are you feeling Monday morning coming away from uh, the 2023 NFL draft? Mostly lukewarm, which I think is probably different from where a lot of people find themselves. I think there's some optimism, and, and that's a good thing. Obviously, you want people to feel optimistic and hopeful. I think I'm a little more lukewarm, lukewarm simply because... I tend to favor the defense. I like defense. That's what I played. That's what I coach. That's what I like writing about the most. And it's been Minnesota's uh, greatest efficiency. You know, it's been for the past three years, they've had a really poor defense in consecutive seasons. They've allowed, you know, quite stunningly, they've allowed an identical 25.1 points against per game two years in a row now. Um, You know, going into the draft, I believe Brad Spielberger, PFF, I think it was him, he released a mock that said um, a Vikings trade down to the end of the first round and they pick up Joey Porter there, right? And so you not only trade down and get extra draft picks, but you trade down and get someone who could very plausibly be a CB1, you know, relatively soon. You don't need him to be the CB1 this year. You have Byron Murphy. That's kind of his role and that's why you brought him in. But you could very possibly have a strong second corner in Porter. And you get to 23, and we find out later from Darren Wolfson that there were some trade offers to trade down, and those were being considered, which um, helps to explain why you know the clock was ticking there. We're getting near the end of the 10 minutes. I'm sure more than a few Vikings fans were having you know flashbacks to when uh, Minnesota didn't get the pick in on time, and therefore forfeited their slot and had to drop down. A, you know, just such a Minnesota Vikings move. Um, and so, but you know, it it turns out I think you could say pretty confidently, you know, because Wolfson's a pretty plugged in guy that uh the Vikings were considering trading down, but clearly they didn't want to lose Jordan Addison. Um, left to me, I would have gone corner simply because I see that as a greater area of need and greater area of uncertainty. Um, now if Addison comes in and if he's a home run from day one. You know what I mean? And if he just basically, you know, you're you're trotting out Hawkinson, Jefferson, Addison, all three of whom, you know, can really, you know, kind of take over a game, can really be a nightmare to cover. You know, that, that's a tough offense to slow down, especially when you think about, you know, strong tackle tandem, strong quarterback, potentially, you know, the running back by committee, but we'll see how that works out. Um you know, there's optimism there. And I'm I'm a KJ Osborne believer. So in 11 personnel, I feel like they got a, three nice receivers 
Um, but in the end, I guess my kind of skepticism or warning is simply that I don't know if the defense has taken a step forward we all would have hoped. Um, they really don't have a pass rushing presence along the interior. Um, they picked some corners, third and fourth round. Perhaps they're good, perhaps they're not. Third and fourth round is a bit of a dart throw, right? And then especially in you know year one, possible they contribute, possible they're great. This you know my my concern isn't shouldn't be an indictment on these young men as individuals. They could all plausibly go on to be excellent. They could all go on to flop. I, I have no idea. I'm not a college football expert. I'm not an executive in the NFL. Um, can only look on the draft slot. And I know that, you know, Blackman picked at 102. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks who felt like that was a reach, right? And so even then, you know, getting the corner at 102, very end of the third, were not for compensatory selections, that would have been a fourth round pick. Um even still, people felt like it was a bit of a breach for him. A lot of folks did, at least. So I'm coming away from the draft, Sam, feeling a little bit lukewarm, a little bit average. Uh, I see the potential for that offense. Kevin O'Connell is an offense-first head coach. So lo and behold, he prioritized the offense or, or you know, pushed for it. And um, that's well and good. That's well and good. Uh, still feeling a little concerned, though about where the defense is going to go from here. Still feeling like there's a fair bit of uncertainty at corner. Still feeling like there's a real lack of depth at linebacker. You know, the one injury away a linebacker from being in a bit of a pickle. Still feeling like there's not really a penetrating pass rusher from the interior of the defensive line. Um, and with, you know, coming through free agency now, there's, you know, the third wave is going to get kick-started here and some of the guys remaining will get scooped up. And there's certainly our corners available. So, you know, the Vikings could be in on one or two of these guys. Um, but right now it seems to me that there's still some issues lingering on that defense. And so that's what makes me concerned. Yeah, I, th I think that's fair. And I think, again, it feels like when you evaluate a draft, you, you kind of start with that first pick and then there's a little oh, bit yeah. of a trickle down yeah. effect. And I think we, we spent a lot of time talking about, and, and there's been continually this discourse about, you know, what, do you take position of need or do you take best player available? And yeah. Addison feels like a chance where, you know what, we were expecting the Vikings to take a wide receiver uh, at some point. Feels yes. like that's a, again, it, the the thing with scouting reports is there's always going to be like, no, there's no perfect player uh, that's, that's coming. Everyone's going to have yep. different issues. I know Addison, some of the size uh, seems to be one of the factors that you're considering. Uh, I know previous before the last couple of years, the, the drop all rate was mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, you, you talked about coming in and making an impact. And I know from what's been said about the team. And, and again, you can take this a little bit with a grain of salt uh, because obviously the, the team is going to be very high on the players they picked, uh, of but they, of they do very much feel like Addison is that day one starter. And yeah. you, you talk about, you you move on from Thielen. You put him in there. Uh, yep. It it there, there's a potential for this to be really really dynamic, yep. especially when you get to be a wide receiver two behind Justin Jefferson and yep. the attention he commands. Uh, there's some potential for some explosiveness from this offense. Uh, you talk about the defense, and again, I think certainly it, it's fair. Uh, it does feel like. Again, we there's all this work that you do up to the draft, kind of wondering what's going to happen. You get into the draft, you realize that everyone's going to have their own draft board and and what 
happens. Uh, and really at this point, we won't know uh, until the season starts. And for a lot of these guys, I think we've realized that you don't, you don't get to judge a draft class uh, based on that first year. There are, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. for those later round picks, you, you do need to wait a little while. Uh, but I, I, the lukewarm feeling does feel like what I've sensed from different people. Uh, yeah. It does feel like that's, that's kind of a vibe. And it's also hard, right? Because you look at the, they didn't make a second pick until 102. And yeah, man, 23 to 102. It's a big gap. It is a, it's a huge gap. That's uh, huge. Like you, you miss out on that entire second round. You, yeah. You're in the third round and you actually trade back in the third round. Yeah, and so right. I, again, it, it's, I think it's fair to realize yep. that, you know what, outside of that first round pick, you may not be coming away with impact players. But mm-hmm. one of the things I, I guess this is, and this is where I'd like to maybe turn to trying to pull some optimism in here is figuring out, okay, you know what? There are obviously some concerns about some of these players. There's going to be downsides issues. Mm-hmm. What do you see? Cause I I've seen a little bit of writing about this, but if you were to kind of judge the Vikings draft class based on a theme or some type of, play they were going after yeah what's maybe a whether it's about scheme fit or uh whatever it may be what's maybe a, a theme that you notice that yeah. the Vikings need to really prioritize in this draft yeah so you know one thing i've thought about with addison i think other people are probably saying this too and have said this is kind of a low-hanging fruit at this point but versatility in a sense. And I'm not talking just for you know, Addison as an individual, though I think that he can line up inside and outside. And when you watch his routes, different routes he runs, and the way that he can attack the ball with his hands, you know, like away from his body. I know he's had some drop issues. I'm assuming maybe it was focus or trying to do too much, trying to make a move before he actually secured the ball. Because when you see him catch the ball sometimes and fully extend his arms and snatch the ball out of the air, you're thinking, okay, this dude's got strong mitts. And he's confident in his hands. And so um, I think he can obviously be moved in different spots and that's great. But I think, you know, that offense now, so think about what they did prior to the draft. They brought in Josh Oliver and they retained CJ Ham. Looks like they're going to be doing the running back by committee. Um, Dwayne McBride, who they drafted in seventh, he's a, he's a thumper. Like he's a strong dude with great balance. Alexander Madison, Alexander Madison, excuse me, is really powerful, strong guy. Um, seems to me that basically the Vikings have said, okay, you know, previously we were just way too dependent on Jefferson, right? They make this move for Hawkinson. Now you got a great second pass catcher. You bring in Addison. Now you got potentially a dynamic number two. Osborne still a good player, right? And then you bring in Oliver, who's a blocking specialist at tight ends, a partner with Hawkinson, and you retain your fullback. And you kind of shift to maybe um, less top-heavy at running back with Dalvin Cook presumably going to get moved out at some point here. And then you're running back by committee. And I think the Vikings offense that so you're coming in, you're scheming for them and you're saying, okay, like if you want to load up on Jefferson, so be it. You know what I mean? Like we've got weapons to do damage. You want to, you know, play with the shell over the top, right. And have, you know, consistently starting in that cover two look, maybe playing a lot of cover four, whatever it is that you're doing, we can thump you. You know what I mean? Like we, we can go into 12 or 22 personnel and we can run the ball down your throat, and, and we can beat the crap out of you because we got the fullback and the tight end now to do it, right? And so I feel like Kevin O'Connell 
must feel like a kid in a candy shop, right? Because he's looking at basically all the options on offense, right? That he can kind of build around, scheme around and say, and basically look at what's the defense trying to do to stop this. And obviously, no matter what, Jefferson's going to be the priority. He's your starting point on offense. But now there's that sense that, you know, the head coach, the offensive architect, he can basically, like, you want to play? Let's go. You know what I mean? Wherever you're vulnerable, I got it now to basically like take advantage of that. Right. And I think that was a big part of the, you know, shifting from defense first to offense first. And this offense is going to be potentially really dynamic and able to kind of just handle various challenges we can get. Now, they obviously, they got to bring it all together and go prove it. Maybe I have some struggles. Maybe there's an injury. I don't know. But the potential is there. And I think that's a big part of the vision. And then from there for the defense, I would just say they clearly have a lot of faith in our sophomores. Right, the guys come at Lewisine and Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr. and Quaysido Fomensa before the draft. Um, you know, did make a point to highlight, you know, we made these 10 selections the year prior. And so you blend the two drafts, you get 16 selections, seven rounds in the draft, folks. So, you know, do do the math. You know, you're still averaging more than one pick per round. Uh, and so clear and we missed out on these guys seeing Booth Evans because of injury. So there's clearly expectation and hope that. These guys are, you know, we're still high on these guys, and these guys are going to make a difference. And then blend that with Brian Flores, right? Because they, they've they made additions, but they haven't made as many as maybe a lot of people anticipated, myself included. And so clearly there's the hope that Flores is going to do a better job with the talent already present than Donatel did talent already present, or, or that was present to him last year. And so clearly a lot of faith in their D.C., Clearly a lot of faith in the young fellas who are already there. Um, and kind of just keep keep an eye on that third wave of free agency. Maybe maybe they bring in um, uh, one of the corners who are available, Marcus Peters, right? Or, or Griffin, Sheffield Griffin. Or maybe they bring in Leonard Floyd, who's got that connection. You know, he's an edge rusher. He's been productive these past three years. You know, he's got the connection to uh, O'Connell because they played for the or played for the Rams. They were they both were with the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. So we'll just see. We'll, we'll we'll just we'll just see. There could be one or two sneaky additions to the defense, but that's basically what I'd say. When I look at that offense, I don't know what you're seeing, Sam, but I see an offense that, like, you want to play like, man, you want to play like rugged and tough. We'll thump you, no problem, right? Like you you, you want to put that shell over the top and keep us from explosives over the top. No worries. We're going to run the ball down your throat. Like we're, we're going to beat the crap out of you up front. Six, seven guys in the box. We're going to take advantage of that. Or alternatively, you, you bring that guy down. You feel like you got somebody who can hang with Jefferson and Aston one-on-one. We like that matchup. Let's, let's see if you can. Right. And so I feel like there's that kind of mentality there, which of course I love. You obviously want your team to have that mentality of like anything you throw at me. I, I got the solution. Let, 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 let's go. Let's go play. Right. right? Yeah. It, I, it's interesting. I think, cause in some ways there, there depends on your, strategy in the situation right because i think you say you know what vikings already have an above average offense uh yeah 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 like just again yeah. you can debate where it's it is offense. but it's, a, it's yeah. a very good offense uh you've got a defense that struggled and yeah. in a sense yeah. it's like what do you do like it's almost like there's more work that you need to put in on the d and so it makes sense to yeah. try and address that while also realizing you know what we can make this offense elite like top five in the exactly. entire league yep. and like i just feel that with the draft especially with the capital they had and where they were going to make the picks i don't feel like they had enough to be able to change this defense from where it is to make 
any significant additions unless you're making some big moves trading from future years to right. really bring this up to uh, a spot where you're going to really from a talent perspective bring this defense from where it is to trying to get into that top half of the yep. league type of, yep. of situation and so it does feel like again there is a there is potential on the defense and mm-hmm. they've the one of the big moves of the offense was or of the offseason was going to get uh brian flores and yeah like yeah. see what he can do with the talent there and exactly. in a sense I, we've seen it before where there's some defenses that from a talent perspective they may not be uh scoring at the highest pff scores or whatever kind of you want to do in terms of like an individual talent but as a unit that there is exactly. a lot of capability and i think there were flashes of that last year but mm-hmm. i do wonder with you said some of those sophomores some of those pieces again yeah there is we you we know from experience that injuries are going to happen and there's some concern about the depth at some of these positions as you mentioned mm-hmm. but i do feel like perhaps it is a you know what we can really solidify this offense so that we are going to yeah. be able to go against anything that a defense throws at us and yeah. we're going to continue to invest in our defense with some of these picks in the later rounds uh understanding that we believe that through some assembly of these guys we're going to be able to have a defense that uh maybe i think at best in, in this situation we can feel like isn't going to be a real hindrance to team success i think if if they're looking at this and saying to themselves okay our play right now given the talent on our roster and what actually is actually realistic get ourselves in the top five nfl offense and get our defense somewhere in like a 15 to 18 range. Like kind of average, maybe a little bit below average, but basically average. And if that's the play alongside some improvement on, on special teams, you know, like more consistent kicking and coverage and so on and so forth, special teams certainly has room to improve, more dynamic punt return perhaps. Um, but if, if that's your play, then I see it. And it's it's totally plausible move, right? Like, And it does lean into the strengths on the roster. It does lean into the identity of your head coach where he is an offense guy. Um you can you can win with that approach. Teams have won with that approach, and they do win with that approach. So we will see. We will we will see. Uh, that's based off what we've seen. That that is apparently the path forward for the Vikings to kind of maybe you know find themselves in in this spot, and we'll just see how things shake out. I suppose. Right. Yeah. It 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 is. I like even just preparing for today. This is this interesting spot of like. We can do a post-draft uh, yeah. type of analysis, but just as we mentioned with our pre-draft analysis, we're, we're still figuring things out. And again, it feels oh, like, yeah. oh, like yeah. right now we are responding to a lot of, again, what experts have shared and there's different opinions and uh, that. But I am really curious. And I think that, again, we you know you're not going to hit on every single draft pick here uh it's it chances are to think so tiny tiny chance yeah uh, and yeah. so i do think though that if you if there are over 50 percent of these guys that really become impact yeah there's by in the sense of impact i just mean they can be regular contributors or yep around that i think that when you look historically at, at draft success and and what you need to do um there, there's yep. potential here so yep. I, I, maybe we'll we'll 
wrapping up our draft talk, I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to talk about. I know there's been a, a QB selected. Uh, I know you've mm-hmm. you've talked about this a little bit. I know there has been some Vikings coverage uh, over at Purple PTSD around uh, the quarterback. I, I, do you have any thoughts, any comments about that? I know that you are, you from what I've seen in terms of your writing, there is some optimism you have. Uh, yeah. There are at least some excitement, I guess, maybe is, is a better word to use. I like Jaron Hall, just in the little bit I've, I've read about him. Um, I took my victory lap. That was one of those ones, one of those guesses that ended up going well. Um, I think a lot of people in the like final days were picking him for the Vikings because of all the work they did with him, meeting pre-draft and so on and so forth. But like that was like mid-March where I said Jaron Hall uh, to the Vikings late later. I don't th- where I said I don't think they're gonna do anything in the early rounds, but keep an eye on Jaron Hall seems like a nice fit. Um and so, like, you know, it was a shot in the dark to a certain extent. Like, I, again, like, I'm not a draft expert. I did not follow Jaron Hall's career at BYU. Um, but he does seem like a nice fit, right? Seems, like, super mature. And I, I think, um, I think you know, Quasi Dofermenza talked about, you know, just, like, pulling up YouTube clips and watching him talk and, like, seeing who he is as a person, how he handles himself and all that stuff. And so if you want a backup quarterback for right now who could – perhaps develop into more than a backup quarterback for down the road, not right now. Um, you know, picking a talented kid who's super mature and like basically has all you want from an intangibles perspective alongside some mobility and, you know, and, and so on and so forth and some tools physically. So be it, you know, especially in the fifth round, like Frig, let's do that. Right. Right. And he was ultra productive at BYU. So um, I don't know if he's Tom Brady, probably not. Right. Not many are, but, uh i like the pick I, I like the pick and and frankly sam like if you get a qb2 like a strong qb2 in fifth round that's a win that's that's a humongous success right like and so and if you get more than that then it's just gravy it's just an unbelievable you know um, unbelievable pick so if he even develops into a back a strong backup quarterback then that was a worthwhile fantastic selection from the vikings right no i think i think they said like with Again, everything that's been reported about him, plus when you look at the Vikings draft and you look at where he was taken in the draft, yeah. uh, it does feel like it's it's a different situation than a Kellen Mond a couple of years ago, where you're right. taking him with a third round selection, yeah, uh, and it like it hurts to move on. But again, you get the second last pick that you make in the draft, yeah, uh, a, a fifth round pick, a late fifth round pick, and exactly. You take a quarterback who realistically could move into that spot. Uh, I, I, again, I love quarterback, so I'm, I'm really curious to see mm-hmm. what, uh, see from him, uh, as we move into training camp and, uh, in preseason, preseason games are going to be fun watching Darren Hall. I I'm excited to just to see that. And I know preseason football is different than regular season football, yeah, uh, yeah, but, of course. but it would be really like, I'm excited that we are going to get to watch a young guy. And again, I know, yep. Some people will argue about the young. I know he's a little bit older than your typical rookies, yeah. but again, wh- whatever. Uh, you got him in the late fifth. Don't get too uh, worked. Yeah. So like it's it's okay. And I I would much I get much more excited watching a rookie quarterback and seeing what they can do than one of these backups that's made their way around the league. And again, you, mm-hmm. there's some reliability there, but also uh, the upside is what you are yep. excited about. So exactly. Excited exactly. to see that. Uh, any last comments? Anything else you wanted to plug about draft? 
Uh, no, I mean, obviously, you know, check out uh, some of the work that Josh Fry has been doing for PTSD. I mean, he's like kind of the draft nerd in uh, our section of the internet. And so by all means, go check out for PTSD, Mr. Josh Fry, spelled Fry, pronounced Fry. Um, a lot of good info. So I would defer to him on basically any evaluation. He, he knows far more than I do this kind of thing. Yeah, neat, neat. Well, maybe we'll we'll wrap up Vikings talk then. And I know Kyle and I, we have been talking a little about the hockey playoffs. I know uh, to yeah. stick with Minnesota, the Wild have been eliminated by the Dallas Stars 4-2. I, mm-hmm. I had said from the start that Dallas was my, my West Coast prediction, uh, yeah. realizing that they were going to go up against the Wild. And again, uh, I think that coming out of that series, uh, there's some feelings of feeling outcoached. Uh, there was some decisions. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, especially after especially after game one, and even uh, decision to uh, even the goal tender decisions. Uh, that was stupid. I did I did notice that that was a stupid decision. That that hurts, right? You just you, yeah. in, especially in a close series when you're playing against a good team, you just you can't afford to throw away a game. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's tough. Um, but I do need to take a little bit of a, a victory lap and just and there just you go. some excitement around the Leafs. This is a big deal again. I don't. I was trying to think of what a Vikings equivalent is, but to get to the first round, I just feel like I've been able yeah. to like shed some weight off of right. all the jokes. And again, there's still some jokes. And if the Vi- or if the the Leafs they don't show up in the second round, there's going to still be some criticism. But all the yep. jokes just they they're not going to have the same impact now. You just like, yep. they've gotten out of the first round. They actually came back from a four-one deficit in one of the games. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. Now they get to play against Florida versus Boston, which feels like a win. Although, again, you're there. If a team makes it to the second round, they're a good team, and there's obviously a lot yep. of good things about Florida. Um, I was scared to play against Boston. A uh, little mm-hmm. less scared to play against Florida, but uh, I just th- this is my this is the one platform I get to kind of enjoy my fandom, and, and I'm. Again, job's not done. It'd be great for there to be more success, but this uh, this is a big deal to to get out of the first round, especially against a good Tampa Bay Lightning team. You know, it does feel though not to diminish what they did because one of the and I say I think Sam agrees that like really one of the storylines of the series is that you win all three games on the road, all three games went to overtime. So if you're Tampa Bay, you're, you're saying to yourself, Greg, we 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 deserve what we got. If you can't win a single game at home, you know what I mean? Tight games, especially all going into overtime. You you know, where we have Vasilevsky, who we believe is the best goalie in the world. Like, he struggled at times in the series, but we do believe he's excellent, and he is excellent. Tampa Bay must be upset with themselves. Um, now, the other hand, there was an awful lot of chatter coming into the playoffs that, you know, you're getting them at a kind of a vulnerable time. They struggled coming down the stretch. They look fatigued. You know, they've been to the Stanley Cup Finals three straight seasons. Brutal hockey. You know what I mean? Like the NHL playoffs are just friggin' brutal. You know what I mean? You're just exhausted. I mean, look at Colorado. They won last year and they got bounced in the first round. You know what I mean? And it's there's a, there's a lot going on in Colorado right now. And so I don't want to, you know, get into that too, too far kind of thing. But like, it's very hard to keep making those deep runs. Uh, and Toronto has proven it's very hard to even you know, not even make a run, even just kind of stumble, right? But here, they, they've won a series. They were, along with Seattle Kraken, who have been in existence for two years, not even two years, uh, the f- last two teams to have not won a round in the salary cap era. 
And so it took the beliefs from the beginning of the salary capital now. It took the crack in a couple of years. So if you want a joke, you can make that joke. Um, or or the classic, which Sam loves, is just simply that the Leafs haven't won a cup uh, since the NHL has gone beyond six teams. So, and that that's really the one that's going to keep hanging over the franchise until they finally get it done, um, which maybe is this year. I mean, Florida, like you said, not to be overlooked. I mean, some of their forwards are phenomenal, you know, like just fantastic. And so we'll see. I, it's it's actually going to be a really fun series, I think, um, and kind of unusual because it's been so much Boston, so much Tampa. You got to be kind of excited. I'm excited for this. Florida, 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 and Toronto. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you just kind of diminishing the success. Just, <laughs> just prefacing that all, but uh, like it, I never it doubted is... for a second for Toronto. Yeah, I always yeah, yeah. believed in them. You know, and here they're finally. I just feel I feel vindicated. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I've got some receipts that would suggest otherwise. Yeah, right. uh, I think I predicted Detroit would win a round before Toronto did. You, you did ended up aging poorly. Even two weeks ago, you you had said that. So yeah, uh, I, I doubled down on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll kick back the the finish line. And I'll say right. Detroit wins the Stanley Cup before Toronto wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So there we go. I'll, I'll, I'll I, I missed on the first one. I'll make this one, and we'll see uh, who ends up being right. Sam would pro- you'd probably say Toronto. Yeah, of course. I'm. I'm. Okay. Hey, so there, I'm okay. Still, there, there we go. I. I'm really shocked. You said, "No, oh, yeah, Detroit will probably win before Toronto does." <laughs> that yeah. been surprising. Well, I've I've got Dallas and Toronto. Uh, you've picked New Jersey, which we'll see tonight, and yep. Edmonton. Uh, yeah, so Edmonton we'll- got through. So I still got one one horses in the race. New Jersey has to, you know, hold up their end of the bargain. Yeah. So, yep. uh, but we'll we'll wrap up there. We yeah, yeah. appreciate yeah. everyone for listening. Uh, yeah, be sure to come back. Also, be sure to check out. I know Cal was plugging purpleptsd.com earlier and vikingsterritory.com. Uh, be sure to check out. Uh, there's again, Kyle was saying this is uh, this is like harvest season for for farmers. There's a lot of a lot of work that uh, the writers are doing over there. So be sure to check out uh, both those sites. Uh, we'll be back uh, shortly. And again, I think the next next big milestone. Uh, or, or deadline is is the the schedule drop and so yeah, we'll certainly talk with right. that we'll probably have an episode before then um mm-hmm. we will probably move into an every other week type of rhythm as we do so in the off season uh but there's still i think some some pieces to talk about and also kyle had mentioned there's a, a third wave of free agency that feels like it could be coming uh mm-hmm. and so we are going to see what happens with the the vikings here even i know there's still some uh clouds it feels like and some uncertainty over dalvin cook and zadarius smith and we'll see if there's any news there uh yeah but otherwise we'll wrap up there thanks everyone for listening and uh we'll be back soon to uh continue talking about vikings offseason take care everyone have a good week